Hello and welcome to Hanging Out with Hanger 9, the best and official London Spitfire and British Hurricane fan podcast. My name is Squiddy and I am joined by two very special guests. Would you please introduce yourselves? Hey everyone, I'm Oak, I'm Head of Community at London Spitfire and I'm also one of the directors at Watchpoint Pride. Hi friends, I'm Violet, I'm a full-time Overwatch streamer and I am a commander at Watchpoint Pride. And if you haven't guessed, it's it's a pride theme episode this week. Uh, <laughs> if that wasn't obvious, and I think I think we should begin by kind of looking at pride in general in the UK and the US. Kind of, and I think Hoke, you're probably one of the well versed people I know in the history of <laughs> LGBTQ history. I would say some sort of gay lawkeeper. Yeah, I feel right now. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know about that, but I think actually uh, the place to start is actually over in the US, which I think is going to be Violet's uh, specialty. Oh, that is perfect, because I myself love talking about the Stonewall riots. I I may as well just go ahead and begin whenever they started back at June 28th in 1969. Uh, it happens because crime at the time, there wasn't any official crime, but laws were twisted towards LGBTQ individuals that did not look like a certain part, which was wild. They invaded this club. They uh, interrogated and questions the staff and specifically targeted drag and poc individuals and that sparked huge pride events a year after unfortunately but man did they handle it with very much so pride when it happens it's it's insane uh, there's the Chicago Gay Liberation March, and it didn't necessarily happen a year exactly whenever it began. On June 27th, it's whenever they chose it. It happened in 1970. It happened because Saturday was the day that they chose. Stonewall was the last Saturday of June. They kind of wanted to go with it. Mm. I, I, I kind of think it's pretty neat, but it, the uh, Christopher Street Liberation Day happened on the 28th the year exactly afterwards and that's more so i i'm such a nerd that's i like that more instead of the 364 365 days but god is that a fixation (laughs) uh it's uh i i hold it pretty close to my heart as you can see so i'll bite my tongue for a bit and (laughs) let breath be held here well like on the the back of uh sort of stonewall in the u.s which was definitely like a pivotal turning point for the community it uh there had been kind of movements before i know there were uh there was a riot in san francisco some years earlier um and kind of you know societies and organizations that had set up to try and promote um sort of the acceptance of sort of homosexual lifestyles and stuff and you know these are these had struggled um and then obviously you got Stonewall, which is sort of a you know a pivotal moment. And then in the UK, it picks up a couple of years later. So um, in like 1970, you still have sort of uh, like marches and people getting together and kind of organising. 
But the first kind of proper like pride march was in uh, the summer of 72 and it was in July. So historically, London Pride has always been uh, very early in July. And I think the reason for it is because at the time, it was the closest Saturday to the original Stonewall riots in the US was the one after at the beginning of July or something. So whenever that year was, the weekend must have been like the first day of July or something. Um, and so that's why historically sort of London Pride takes place in July and started for very much kind of similar reasons. Like, you know, word had spread across the channel that people were kind of standing up and, uh, you know, fed up of treatment and, you know, representation and living quite wretched lives. Um, and, you know, slowly over years, Pride kind of went from a thing where you'd have, you know, like 150 to 2,000 people in the early days to sort of 600,000 a million turning up for London Pride as it is kind of now, COVID notwithstanding, obviously. Um, and one of the things I've always liked about London Pride is, was its ability to sort of bring together quite different uh, communities within the UK. Yeah. So I think, I want to say 1985, um, this is under the sort of rule of Margaret Thatcher, the mines being shut down. There were a group of LGBTQ plus uh, sort of activists who stood in solidarity with the miners who were protesting the closures of their mines. Um, and those miners, in gratitude for the solidarity with what they were going through, sent really big delegations to London Pride to back up and beef up um, what the gay community was fighting for at that time as well. And I, I like that Pride has had this ability to sort of weave in sort of different groups, that kind of cross-sectionality and, you know, people just wanted to support each other. That's kind of what the game's all about, really. Yeah, I think there's a movie based on that minors and LGBTQ uh, alliance yeah. uh, that was on. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's interesting to see... I was about to say, the, the alliances that are formed through these parades and the, yeah, uh, I want to say activation, that's not the right word. That's the social media term for what they're yeah. doing. These activations. <laughs> but kind of the, the, the strength, I would say, to be able to stand up and be proud for themselves then would is absolutely immense. But arguably it's because they had nowhere else to go. It's either that or just keep going with what was going on with them at the time and um i think yeah it, pride is such a big thing nowadays i think yeah. as you were saying it's grown from london pride grown from a, th a couple thousand to nearly a million i think brighton pride is quite similar as well they've grown to these yeah. big events but the concert they have had has has had britney spears a few times i believe so it's getting a really big event and how do you think pride has been marked by the overwatch league Either this year or in years past. Yeah. Um, years past, they've definitely... They've done, like, some community outreach. So I remember uh, there was, like, a, some team at Overwatch had reached out to sort of local LGBTQ plus gaming groups in some cities, had sent them some sort of merch and stuff to give away at, like, a Pride-themed viewing party and stuff. Mm -hmm. um we did one of them in collaboration with our local lgbt gaming group in london a couple of years back now uh so they've kind of done it that way uh initially and you know you see the kind of 
people on stream with the sort of you know rainbow badges and, and what have you. And I think one year the players wore them as well. Um, that might have been back in 2019, I want to say. Um, so it's been marked on the kind of that sort of level, but I don't think during the streams it was kind of said explicitly. I think it was sort of touched upon briefly, but there wasn't like a feature or anything. There wasn't like an in-depth bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, aside from swapping out their logos, that's kind of been it. But I mean, I like that the idea of reaching out to local groups and giving them some tools and some bits to kind of host their own events. That's kind of a cool way to do, it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Violet, I, I know you were talking a bit before. You've got a, a, a uh, list, I would say. <laughs> a list of woo, <laughs> uh, good, good vibes is what I'm about. So <laughs> that's what I'm about to keep it. Uh, for Overwatch League on how they showcased Pride, I remember that the what wasn't it the the Blizzard Arena that they hosted a Pride Day. Yeah, like, was it wasn't that right? I don't. I I wasn't uh, that much into Overwatch League, and uh, I don't necessarily remember the explicit details, but I remember it being on air, and I remember them posting it on Twitter. And there was a Mercy Pride picture that it was involved in it. And then it was taken down. And then they re-uploaded a collage with a picture replacing that Mercy Pride image. And whew, a lot of people still remember that. A lot of people still remember that. Mm -hmm. As for teams specifically, dude, that, that's so cool. Uh, teams reaching out towards local communities and giving them merchandise that is pretty much a dream for yeah. anyone but i'd i'd love that for like the collegiate level for overwatch league ah i that's a dream and a half though overwatch and overwatch league and collegiate interacting yeah that would be mm. cool there's definitely more room to do with like the way in which it's organized and sort of put together mm. so i think one great strength of this year um, this year is such a double-edged sword, I think, for Pride and Blizzard and Overwatch. On one hand, we had a community feature at Watchpoint Pride, which was amazing, and we got to feature. Yeah, that was quite. That was really cool to see you guys on there. I mean, that we was amazing. Really early UK time. Godly, it was like two thirty-three in the morning. Yeah, my boyfriend I, was as fast asleep in bed. I had the TV well. on quiet. I was like, "It's me and Nika." Like it was. Oh, man, it was ridiculous. But then they refeatured it at the start of Pride mm. as well. So, like, that was really fun because we got to share our story. And I think if you're going to support the LGBT community, it's got to be, like, about stories and kind of exposure and mm. people's narratives. Like, that's a big part of the community is, is our struggles and things that we face and also celebrating who we are. And so, you know, having queer content creators visible through Watchpoint Pride, talking to myself and Nika, like, it was still really early days for Watchpoint Pride. Like, at that yeah. point, we were only, like, two months old. So, like, you know, we were still, like, letting the paint dry and, you know, making sure everything kind of worked. But, no, that was immense. That was really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are other improvements, though, but that is definitely a, a big one that I would say would have immediate impact, almost, yeah. And if they, I don't know if they're doing it this year, but reaching out like they did in previous years, reaching out to those local LGBTQ community charity groups would be mm. again amazing. And if teams could do that as well, because not all teams publicize the fact it's Pride Month, 
because yep. of rules in their country. I think shout out to Chengdu Hunters actually for actually putting posts on their Weibo page, even mm. though in China there's very much rules against it still. Which yeah. for a team to do that, it, it's a small thing, but I think for people fans of that team, that's a big gesture for them. Yeah, I mean it is a minefield. Like mm. we can't. It's so tricky. Like you can't hold other cultures and other countries up to the cultural values of your own country. Like both ways, you know. Um, it's great that they did, and you know, I'd like to hope for LGBTQ plus people in China who are fans of the team. Like that would have been an amazing thing. That would have been so validating and so worthwhile. Um, and I'd love to kind of see more. And you've seen some teams like doing. Like like pride theme merch. I think Toronto Deviant uh, did some sort of t-shirts and stuff. Injustice, and all the profits, maybe well. Washington Justice as well. I think and San Francisco Shock historically, or historically even, have always done something. So I think all the their proceeds go to charities, which is great. That's the way it should be. Um, but yeah, I do think the player icon coming out, I think, was a bit of a missed opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. In that, I don't know about you, Violet, but it felt. Like some level of appeasement, quite like Bearman. Like, don't be wrong, I love it and I use it in the game, but not to call it pride. I was like, okay, like it is a rainbow. Like, I'll give you that, but also like, we know what it, we know what it is. Yeah. Um, and like, you could have even like done the progress pride flag. You know, like. <laughs> this is deep breath. Exact grievances because the uh, the inability to call it pride and to really stand with your community who plays your game and i as a member who plays the game daily day in day out i love it i uh i myself i can't join voice because people target me with harassment for my gender identity for my sexual for my lgbtq plus identity i've been targeted and it would be nice to have the developers of the game that i practically pour my soul into playing because i love it and feedback uh, it would be nice to have some official words or official representation with it being either announced pride or <laughs> announced in general because what the heck it didn't even give an in-game notification mm-hmm. it, it was nothing no words no anything that and it was just a rainbow and as far as i'm concerned there still is yet to be pride content within overwatch because it is just a rainbow icon added within the month of june and we ourselves have to assume that this is pride and as as a person who asks like hey is there pride content coming to overwatch and you know getting the response we have something coming can't talk about it and like oh all right epic and then you know (laughs) that made it was larger than a player icon (laughs) oh yeah yeah. (laughs) and like maybe that something would be officially announced or worded or something and the fact Mm -hmm. that the lack for thereof is is i am still desperately waiting in all honesty, on the 21st day, I was I was giving it until my birthday, the 19th, and here we are, 21st. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Running out of days in June, I gotta say. Uh, nonetheless, support year-round would definitely be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I, if, oh, I was about to say, if no, you no, no, other no. games, like Valorant, they've got player icons or player banners for the entire... Um, I was. I'm gonna say Arsenal of Pride flags <laughs> uh, available. So if you identify with one, you can use that. And Overwatch got a a rainbow icon. I feel like 
that Overwatch should be the one doing what Valorant's done, and Valorant would be what Overwatch has done. I, I thought they would have been reversed, but yeah. here, here we are. It's pretty wild, I'm going to be honest. Even with, uh, if we're referencing other video games, ah, bringing up Ultra Recommendation of the Progress Pride flag. We, we love Apex Legends here. Ah, the representation of not only including characters that identify as LGBT+, initially, that is insane, but also with the Progress Pride Flat Edition as a badge that was announced and given as a daily login reward to every player. Hmm. Whew, that that really struck the hearts of a lot of players, including me. I bought the Battle Pass for that game. I'm like level 21. It's going to be gone in like 20 days or something. <laughs> it's like, there's like 100 levels in that thing. I, I got no intentions, but I'm supporting that game explicitly because of the support it's showing uh, community members of the people who play the video game that identify as LGBTQ+. Yeah. And I think yeah. what we can see here is how important it is to have that visibility, that identity within these games to show off who you are and yeah. why you should be proud of who you are as well. Yeah, I think it also, like, it felt, like you say, Violet, it felt odd and out of step. Ugh. Like, it was kind of like it was slipped under the door, like, really discreetly. Like, I didn't even know it was there until I got a notification for, like, player icons. And I was like, I don't remember unlocking something new. And then it was there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, awesome. Thanks. Like, no mention of it otherwise. It's <laughs> yeah. like, shh. So, yeah, disappointing. Like, I could, I can forgive to some degree maybe it not being the progress pride flag because that's a very recent iteration of the pride flag mm -hmm. and there are plenty of companies that just haven't got there yet like even like star trek is still running with the old one um so like i'll, I'll happily give corporations like a year to get somebody into their team who knows what they're doing to to get this you know the newer iteration out there but True. just like you could have done so much more and so easily as well like it's not as if it's a, a workload issue either it's not this isn't gonna you know you're gonna have to hire people to implement this like it's just upload a just upload a png <laughs> i'll do it for free there's i'll do it like creators. let me i'll work my way through it i'll upload a png for you oh there's so many like there's a huge the majority of they're not a majority, but rather a huge percentage of the Overwatch player base identify as LGBTQ+. Yeah. And uh, it is insane. It, it is astronomically insane. The lack of pride content that has been developed for this because Valorant, even with the code names of the flags with the associated identities, still have the pride flags and the correct colors mm -hmm. and they're still there. And they made po they make posts like Riot overall has uh, leagues in uh, League of Legends uh, trails that are, I'm pretty sure explicitly the identities labeled uh, but I, I, I don't have, I got the tattoo, the Jinx tattoo. Don't play the game. Been a while. <laughs> but uh, as you said, there, there are other, other places. Yeah, like Dead by Daylight, they have a pride charm. It's only the rainbow charm. That, that's still fine. I'm completely fine using the gay pride flag. But the yeah. progress pride flag, as it indicates, is progress. And mm -hmm. people really need progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. I think it's interesting because I think it touches as well on another issue that hits closely to like my views on some things which is i think i said this in like another interview like I, I don't i don't need a player icon to feel seen or to feel validated 
um, you know, my sense of self-worth isn't, isn't entrenched in this. It's disappointing that it's not there, especially mm. considering that the headline hero is a lesbian. Like, you know, if mm. if she is on the front cover of everything that you're doing and represents your, your game, then I'm surprised that you don't do more. Um, what I, for me, would prefer to see coming out of Overwatch, Pride-related stuff, is the stories and sort of the characters. Yeah. I'd like to know more about Tracer and Emily. I'd like to know more about uh, Jack Morrison and Vincent, his you know his ex-boyfriend, and what was the deal there? I'd like to meet the other LGBTQ plus characters of Overwatch. I'd like to hear their yeah. stories. You know, I think um, player icons and sprays and stuff is really easy stuff to put out there, but it's not substance necessarily. Like, and for yeah. me, like I I do not care about a, a pride icon, like. It doesn't mean anything to me. Like I don't feel more seen or more validated because of it. But telling queer stories through games, that's really important. And telling those stories well is really, really important. And I think there's a lot to be done there through like animated shorts, comics, voice lines, you know, novels and stuff. Like just tell more of these stories. For me, it would be what I would prefer to see. I mean, oh. you can do both. You have a pretty big development yeah. team. <laughs> There's already characters as well because I did not know that there was a, a gender non-conforming character or I mean really non-binary is an umbrella term but not having it explicitly labeled. Nonetheless, there's a non-binary character named Lynx. They're an Omnic. I don't know how many people know that. Non-binary Overwatch character, that to me as a non-binary Overwatch character, Overwatch character is insane. I, my heart goes out to them. I'm going to get a tattoo of them, actually. <laughs> Just because of that. Just because of their uh, identity. And I, as you stated, wish that it would be more developed on. Yeah. yeah. But I, I did not know there was a non-binary, or at the time you said, it, within Overwatch. And yeah, I think that, that, yeah, the fact that isn't highlighted to most people is, is a real shame. I think kind of looking forward, like how community is such a big part of what makes overwatch overwatch as i would say and as violet said most of the player base is i or i identifies as lgbtq plus i mean oak from your point of view as head of community at spitfire what how are spitfire fans proactive within the community that's quite a fun one um it's kind of like so, Hang and I, the, the official fan club of of Spitfire fan association fan club, is is wonderfully queer. Like <laughs> the leadership team has a has one straight white male, He's and that's a token. Sort of it. We have we have a token straight white man, <laughs> and that's kind of it. And like even when Hang and I like first started in the in the bar scene, like just getting together and watching Overwatch live at a gaming bar, um, even then, like. Yeah, I think two thirds of the team was 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 gay, in, you know, LGBTQ plus in some way, shape, or form, and so that's been really cool. And we had a in two thousand nineteen pre COVID, we had a wonderful Pride theme viewing party that was fantastic. Like Whoa. we got the the London Spitfire Pride badges uh, to give out as well. We co hosted it with the London Gamers, and we had like easy like a hundred hundred and twenty people in the bar it was great it was a brilliant Ooh. you know we had pride flags on the tables and rainbow wristbands and stuff and spitfire played i can't remember if we won or not but i think we did i think that's <laughs> an uh, 
Yes, we we did win. Did we win that one? Like it was. This is a great atmosphere, and this is a really fantastic photo. I remember it's because you're in like front left on the photo, and it's just like the bar oh, is full of goodness. people, loads of like rainbow stuff. It was really really oh, glorious. So we find that photo now. Find that photo. It's so good. I'll, if I can dig it up, I'll get it to you. But front left in yeah. the second quadrant. Yeah, because <laughs> right there. <laughs> Cell reference. I'm fairly like, sure I'll be doing this pose. That would yeah. be the pose I'd be doing with you. That would be it. Couldn't find yeah. it. There it is. Yeah, or stood next to me trying to work out your height. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh... so it's got a really good history of it. Tougher, obviously, in COVID because we've not been able to kind of do much of anything, which has been so frustrating. Um, but it's been really important because London Pride is, is slightly offset, like I said, from regular Pride. So, you know, regular Pride is June, London Pride is July. But like Brighton, Manchester, Newcastle, like basically the summer of pride in the uk kind of kicks off with london mm. uh and then the rest kind of happen so um yeah it, it's been really great to see lgbtq plus fans finding a home in london spitfire and in the fan association with hangar nine that's been really really important and making people feel welcome and comfortable to be who they are has also been really really important i remember the first viewing party and last viewing party mm. of 2020 <laughs> um just before lockdown went through but i remember one of our members kind of having the confidence to clarify their they them pronouns mm. um and to for them that was seemed like a, a really big thing and it was about creating atmospheres and communities and connections that are positive that are kind um, that allow you to take time to figure out who you are. And then when you do figure that out, to tell other people and have them to accept it without qualm or quarrel. Like, that's what it's all about with Spitfire and LGBT stuff. And I'm, I'm glad that Hang and Iron has been able to to make that kind of environment because that's one of the most important aspects of this to me. Yeah, absolutely. And argu- I would say, arguably, that that community you've embedded within Hang and Iron has now evolved and created it, its own thing. I would say, and it got featured on Overwatch League stream with Watch Point Pride, which was your Woo! sound the alarms. Oh, I was gonna do like a celebration thing. I don't know pie no, poppers on it. the pie poppers on the on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So what? <laughs> <Watch> Point Pride, <laughs> obviously Oakkill, the founder. Violet, you're now. I think it's Commander is the. Commander it's Violet has so... such a nice ring to Actually, it. Actually, yeah, that does sound quite cool. I kind of like it. I kind of <laughs> want to make it a brand thing. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of what is Watchpoint Pride? It's goals, what can folks expect, I think? Give us the whole shebang. <gasps> oh, my God, the whole shebang. Um, I'll give you a condensed shebang. All or right. the sha. Um, <laughs> or a bang. Or a bang. Um, you know, whatever you fancy, Ooh. really. But... <laughs> So, like, it started, um, I, had a, I had some kind of dream. I'd woken up earlier on a Sunday morning, and, like, my little first thought was, why isn't there, uh, like, an LGBTQ plus content creator network for Overwatch? I don't know what precipitated this thought, but I liked it. And I've worked really well with Nika on, like, like running Hangar 9 and other kinds of projects as well. Um, and so I shot Nika a message to be like, what do you think of this idea? Like, do you think it's got merit? Is this something that, you know, I should run with, we should do? And they were really supportive and really fantastic. So I was like, oh, great, let's let's go with it. 
And so the idea with Watchpoint Pride is that you've got all these amazing LGBTQ plus content creators, be it people who make TikToks or do art or, you know, uh, write fan fiction or stream, you know, any manner yeah, of beautiful podcasts. things. Podcasts, host <laughs> podcasts, get this, uh, do Overwatch lore videos and British Sign Language videos for Overwatch. Woo! You've got all these amazing queer people creating content. And I thought it'd be really great to have like a like a professional creative network where you know these people can come together, um, work collaboratively, get feedback on what they're doing, find people to kind of partner with and do projects with, um, but also to kind of get challenged creatively as well. And I think that was the the bedrock of what Watchpoint Pride was 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 all going to be about was try and bring all these amazing creative people together. Yeah. And, and Violet's one of those amazing creative people. I was about to say, Violet, <laughs> what drew you to Watch Point Pride? Dude, are you kidding me? Your <laughs> nine association? Oh my goodness. With how public facingly queer that it is, it is insane. And the fact that there that there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything LGBTQ plus focused with the Overwatch League community or the Overwatch community in general. It's insane, and the fact that there's now a public Discord is great. Oh, great, dude. It's, it's so insane, because you can just invite people or tell people about it if they're interested, and they can tell about others, and so on and so forth as networking goes. Yeah. It's been really cool. Actually, opening up that server was, has been great, because I think there's kind of two halves to sort of Watchpoint and Pride. There is the creators network, which is sort of us as creators having a space to be utterly queer and wonderful, but also to be very creative and professional about what we do. Um, and it's been great seeing some of the partnerships. Like, you know, we've got obviously uh, like Chef Billy, who does uh, casting in Overwatch. And he's like been mentoring like other people interested in getting into casting, like up in their game. And these collaborations and connections are really, really important. Like I've always maintained, it's very seldom what you know, but so much who you know. Mm. And, you know through me you get access to sort of overwatch league teams and the organization or through billy you get access to to casting stuff and you know through you violet you get access to like a wealth of like streaming experience and how can people maybe improve their streams or connect more with their audiences and stuff like it, it gives you contacts and connections yeah it just brings gamers together yeah absolutely um and so going forward what are your goals obviously You've had that highlight video featurette on Overwatch League's stream. What's next? What What's going to top that moment? Hmm. <laughs> uh, in terms of like the organization of Watchpoint Pride, I think it will just be the continued rollout of quarterly recruitment. And... You know, we have things like a stream team in the works, and mm. we've got. Oh, I, I, sh I shan't say more. Um, <laughs> maybe you can. Maybe we can. So we've got like maybe this is also coming, and we've also got like a revised category system in the works where our members will have monthly challenges to sort of compete and ta uh, partake in. Um, and then making sure that we get that content out across our channels is also going to be really important because I want Watchpoint Pride to highlight people and their amazing creativity. So my designs are grand, but I feel like I've got a nice roadmap. Like I want to get yeah. a few things in place. And then I hope we're in a position where 2022 
Overwatch and Pride, they come back to us in advance of Pride, and we're like, you need to be doing this and this and this and this and this. I want us to have weight, yeah, um, and to be some sort of not authority within the community, but to be like the de facto home for LGBTQ plus Overwatch fans, either on the public server as fans or the 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 professional network community as members of Watchpoint Pride. Codex of sorts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Queer Codex. <laughs> uh, that needs to be a name somewhere. Queer Codex, I think is, I love that. Yeah, dude, it's like the queer decks. The po- <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, that's got to be for something now. That's got to be for something. I'm just gonna write that down. Got, yeah, I was gonna say you're writing that down now. So it looks like a lot of people have a lot to expect going forward. Watchpoint Pride, and as you say, grand schemes, but it's taking it step by step at the moment. Yeah, yeah, completely. We've just closed applications uh, for the next round of people to come on board and join. So that's really exciting um i've had like we have a meeting coming up next week to kind of review the applications but i've had a glance through some and i mean like there isn't a single person who hasn't given their heart and soul into this application like it's seeing the work these people create is amazing and it's it's going to be tough to only pick 25 people but i think you know the really important thing is like not making the cut is not you know it doesn't take away from the amazing things that you do mm. and 100 percent, you can apply next time and yeah. any other time that you want to like you know keeping it at 25 is about having like a steady growth within like our own network and how we work if you just open up the doors people get lost people don't get heard people don't get their moment to shine whereas if you have it this then you expand it you leave everyone time to settle and get to know each other then you, you know the network you make is a lot more robust for it. So I hope people understand that process um, and keep coming forward because, I mean, the work is incredible. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we end, wrap this episode up, is there anything else you guys would like to say before uh, before we end? Trans rights. Yeah, trans rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about... That, I, I'm good. That's about for you. That's about for me. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm good. <laughs> Oak, anything yeah. from you? I mean, literally that. Trans rights. I, <laughs> I think, but I think, like, you know, there's there's been things happening in the tier two scene in Europe that I think are problematic with regards to trans rights um, and the way that trans individuals are treated. So I hope that uh, this is being investigated. I think it's really problematic. I think it's very dark. Um, and it makes me very angry to think about. So I'm hoping uh, the right steps are taken because trans rights are human rights. Full stop. Yeah, I can't say more because I think I'll just devalue what you say or make it not. No, not devalue. Never. That's the wrong word. <laughs> not have not have it have the same impact. So make job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say thank you all so much for watching. If you want to get involved, follow us on Twitter. Handles in the description. Oak Violet, do you want to plug your own Twitters right now? Or oh, Watchpoint Pride as well? Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally down the Watchpoint Pride Twitters. And also, I mean, we, we kind of hmm, talked about it a little bit. There's a Watchpoint Pride Twitch team that'll be uh, making its rounds as well. But uh, my own personal Twitter is Vibing with Violet or just straight up Violet on Twitch. Awesome. And yeah, you can catch me at The Oaken Forest on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can find Watchpoint Pride because by typing in Watchpoint Pride, we'll come up. 
Brilliant. And of course, you can follow Hangar 9 on Twitter at Hangar 9 on Instagram at LDN underscore Hangar 9. Of course, don't forget to join the Hangar 9 Discord as Oak says. a wonderfully queer place to watch Overwatch, Overwatch League, <laughs> other sports as well, games. It's a great place to be. And of course, don't forget to, to join the public Watchpoint Pride server. I think all three of us are part of that. And it yeah, it's yeah. a really cool place uh, to be. We'll put some links in description. Yeah, and absolutely. All, that's, if, that's just how things yeah, work. All the links will be in the description. And I, I should have done this at the before, but we've got an outro to do. And until <laughs> next time, everyone. Wash your hands. Aces high. Bings out. Hang loose.